Welcome back to a bare bones basic breakdown of a simple approach towards Sunni theology. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. There has been traditionally three approaches towards Sunni theology and this is the majority, the mainstream if you will approach. Uh, the other being of course uh, the Maturidi which also is a large segment of the Sunni community. Their Imam is Abu Mansur al-Maturidi who died you know many years ago rahimahullah like centuries ago. And then of course Ahlul Hadith or Ahlul Athar of course and their Imam is Sayyidina Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal uh, radiallahu anhu. And one of the reasons I'm doing this is number one, to expose ourselves to a, a kind of a different approach. Number two, man, we need to stop all this infighting over some of these things. We can certainly argue and debate uh, on issues, but you know, what, what is it really doing to build the community? Uh, for we ask Allah Ta'ala bil'afiyah, inshaAllah. That doesn't mean that I don't have my own positions. Of course I do, but I hope uh, as I get older, a little bit wiser and less dumber, um, I will be able to articulate those positions in a much more responsible way. May Allah forgive us all. The Shaykh, he says, Rahimahullah, Naf'ana Allah Ta'ala bi ilmihi fi darini ameen, fahadihi ishruna sifa. Right? He says, these are 20 qualities, the 20 qualities that we've been talking about so far. Sifat al-Ula nafsiyyah. We talked about the first one, al-wujud is called nafsiyyah. وَالْخَمْسَةُ بَعْدَهَا سَلْبِيَةً Then the five after that, no beginning to one, oneness, right, are called سَلْبِيَةً And then the next seven are called ma'an, right, life, knowledge, authority, will, hearing, seeing, speaking. And then after that, the next seven are called مَعْنَوِيَةً And now he he applies these concepts to, to certain kind of theological discussions that help us formulate how we understand our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the temporary world. He says, فَهُوَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَاجِبُ الْوُجُودِ وَاجِبُ الْوُجُودِ What does that mean? Because without Allah's existence, there's no other existence. There's something beyond matter that created matter. فَوُجُودُهُ wajib. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, shara'an wa aqlan. And the interesting uh, position of this school is that it combines the sharia with what the mind has to accept so that it strengthens the hujjah. Maybe somebody says, where's the evidence for this? Look in Surah An'am, Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam, who uses the stars, the moon and the sun as evidences to show humanity, to show his people the reality of huduth, right? The reality of something having a beginning and an ending, something is always in flux. To show them that these things can be God, these things that you worship. So he's not just quoting his suhuf, he's also using the world around his community to prove that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists and that he is transcendent and beyond creation. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ 
Like look into yourselves. There are signs in there for you. So wajibul wujud. Qadimun baq. The one who has no beginning and no ending. Mukharifun fi dhatihi. Lijami'i al-khala'iqi. This is really the crux of Tawheed now in Islam. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his essence is in opposition to all creation. And that's now going to take on certain discussions uh, that we find amongst theologians, amongst Ahlul Sunnah. فَلَيْسَ بِجِسْمٍ so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have a body, physical body. Because to say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was, is contained in anything would then make him part of creation. وَهُوَ مُخَارِفُ لِلْحَوَارِثِ Subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا عَرَضٍ Doesn't take on like width or distance. وَلَا يَتَّصِفُ بِالْمَكَانِ He's not described as being in a place because again, in a place or at a place is physical measurement. That will make something hadith. He's not described as being in like, you know, yesterday, today, tomorrow, restricted to a certain time or place. Not to the right. Nor the left. Nor behind. Or in front. But maybe somebody will ask, like in the Quran, we find verses that seem to imply like, your Lord came uh, فوق, he's above we find hadith of the Prophet وسلم, that describe Allah descending every night uh, descriptions of hands smiling and so on and so forth these are called sifat khabariya and here we learn something very important that in a traditional setting I, like, I don't like the word traditional the, the mainstream setting or the normative setting of Islam Aqidah is taught before tafsir. Aqidah is taught before Quran and Sunnah. Why? Because Aqidah gives you the lenses to understand those texts. So if you think about mukhalafatul al-hawadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in opposition to created things. And you come across these verses or these ahadith. How are you then going to understand them? You're going to understand that there is obviously a metaphor happening here. That there's something going on, that it's impossible, it's impossible for you to interpret this literally. There was a group of people, the Karamiya, who interpreted these things literally and they actually believed like God had a human body. They actually killed, they murdered Sayyidina Imam al-Razi. Uh, but Sunni theologians across the board, uh, took these kind of texts and understood them within the lens of Allah's transcendence. That's why Sahib al-Jawahir says, Kullu nasin, nasin, tashbiha, awilhu, awfawid, warum tanziha. If I believe if my memory is correct. Kullu nasin, tashbiha, awilhu, so he mentions that in this important line in Jawhar Tawheed that when it comes to these kind of attributes of God that you have one of two options. One is to interpret them 
in a way that preserves his transcendence, and that is the methodology of the majority of Sunni theologians. The other is a tafweed, to suspend the meaning, meaning only Allah knows the reality, but to affirm that, of course, it is not like creation. Tafweed, tafweed. Alhamdulillah, there's no need to fight and argue about these things. Aqidat al-Khalaf wa aqidat al-Salaf. It's like people are trying to go to the same destination, but they took two different highways or they took two different means of transportation, but they arrive at the same destination. Here, the same thing. They arrive at affirming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's transcendence. One, awilu, awilhu, and the other, awfawud, tafweed. Alhamdulillah, ala kulli hal. Then the Shaykh, he continues, and he says, Al-Qa'im bi-nafsihi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is absolutely independent. Wahidun fi thatihi wa sifatihi wa af'ali. One in his essence. Meaning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala isn't like one of three. Wala taqulu thalatha. Intahu khayran lakum. Intahu huwa khayrun lakum. Intahu huwa khayrun lakum. Okay, no, man, my memory is not quite where it used to be, but Allah says to the, the, the Christians, وَلَا تَقُولُوا ثَلَاثَةً Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Christians, وَلَا تَقُولُوا ثَلَاثَةً Don't say Trinity. Allah's essence is not something that can be divided because when something's divided, it becomes material. It becomes something that is in the material world. وَلَا سُبْحَانَ تَعَلَى مُخَالَفَةُ لِلْحَوَادِثِ Hmm. وَصِفَاتِهِ In his attributes, Allah knows, but no, nothing knows like Allah. Allah forgives, nothing can forgive like Allah. وَأَفْعَالِهِ And his actions, providing provisions, nothing can come close to providing the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides. حَيٌّ Living عَلِيمٌ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ Knowing all things. مَا كَانَ what was وَمَا يَكُونَ and what will be. وَمَا لَمْ يَكُونَ and what wasn't. مُرِيدُ لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ جَرَى And he wills all things that happen. وَبَرَزَ مِنَ الْعَوَالِمِ and, and appear and occur in our universe. وَمَا لَمْ يَكُنْ مِنْهَا And what doesn't? And this, the Shaykh doesn't touch on it, but Imam al-Sanusi does and Imam Sayyidina Nasafi he does. This means that good, evil, pain, suffering, happiness, قُلْ كُلُّمْ مِنْ عِنْدِ from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qadirun ala kulli shay'in min al-mumkinat wa ala i'damiha. The shaykh, he didn't really talk about what's called al-mumkinat. Al-mumkinat are those things wajaizun fi haqqihi ma amkana. Sayyidina uh, Al-Laqani in Jawharat al-Tawheed, he says that what's called jaiz. So we talked about what we have to believe about God, what we have to deny about God, the opposite of the 20. And then there's something called al-mumkinat. Al-mumkinat are those things that could or could not happen in our relationship with God. So Sayyidina Imam al-Dardir, he says, Qadirun ala kulli shay'in min al-mumkinati wa ala i'damiha. Those things that could or could not happen in our lives. Allah is the one who has sole control over all those things. Wa ja'izun fi haqqihi ma amkana. Right? Sayyidina uh, al-Laqani, he says, you know, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is probable anything that's mumkin. 
in our relationship with him. And later on, it says, For example, the provisions he provides someone who becomes rich. That's probable someone could be rich, someone could be poor, right? Someone could, could be tall, someone could be short. You could get in this grad school, not get in this grad school, have kids, not have kids. This is called al-mumkinat. Most people have problems with mumkinat. Subhanallah. Um, Sayyidina Imam Sahib Aqidat al-Awam Imam al-Marzuqi he mentions that وَجَائِزُ فِي حَقِّهِ مَنْ فِعْلِهِ right that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's probable that he could or not do something from the mumkinat and, and that mumkinat, when he does something, we understand it to be from like his fadl, his blessings. When something difficult happens in our life, we understand it to be from his adal, his justice. So good is seen generally in the light of Allah's blessings. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that you being a prophet and you learning is from the fadl of Allah. On the other side of it, his justice. So difficulties, hardships, pain, suffering. I see it through the lens of divine justice. We ask Allah ta'ala bil'afiyah. I talk about the more in Aqidat al-Awam. Uh, not so much here, subhanAllah. لَا يُشَارِكُهُ فِي ذَلِكَ مُشَارِكُ Nothing in all these things that have been mentioned. But specifically now, the mumkinat, nothing shares with him. Nothing is an associate or a partner of his in any of that. سَمِيعُ لِكُلِّ مَوْجُودٍ He hears all things that exist. وَمُبْصِرٌ لِكُلِّ مَوْجُودٍ is understood. And he sees all things that exist. مُتَكَلِّمٌ بِكَلَامٍ أَزَلِيٍ مُنَزَّهٍ عَنِ الصَّوْتِ وَالْحَرْفِ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks with a speech which is predates creation and time, khalas, ancient, which is transcends a voice or letters. There's a, a khilaf amongst Ahl Sunnah about this, the Hanabila. We don't need to talk about this now, but the, the general position is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks, but not with a voice or with letters. Why? Because a voice is something that can be measured. Letters are something that contains something. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ مُخَالَفَةُ لِلْحَوَارِثِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى We're going to stop here inshallah. Next time we're going to talk about the prophets and then what are called as-sam'iyat. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakum wa allahu khayran. Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Wa sallamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.